0: Is that what I'm saying? Rough Trade Radio.
1: Yeah. Rough, trade radio. <laughs> rough Trade
2: Radio. Rough Trade it, Radio. Rough Trade Radio.
1: Oh, is it rough, rough Trade radio. <laughs> radio? Rough Trade Radio. Rough Trade Radio. Rough
2: Trade Radio. Rough Trade Radio. What's that? So, John, what do you want to know? I have
3: to do a little introduction first. Alright. You're listening to Rough Trade Radio. I'm John. I'm here with Music Photographer. And Photographer. <laughs> <laughs> Should we
2: start again? <laughs> music <laughs> photographers fine <laughs>
3: Steve Gullick hello oh shit how are you doing um yeah I'm good it's a bit humid it's very hot in here mm-hmm.
2: but humid's all right and we were, we've only been in here for a few minutes so I know who knows what steam's gonna be generated during the next however long it is so
3: you're gonna play some records of, of people that you've photog- photographed yes Photographed. Yes. And uh, I guess we'll have a little chat. Yeah. You can tell some...
2: Well, I've, pho- I've photographed so many people um, in, over the last 30 years um, that I've decided that th- we can only play songs from the 90s today.
3: So we get, this will be a two, two-parter then? I think it should be, right? I
2: don't know. I think we could probably do three, John. Okay. I mean, it depends how bored you get.
3: We'll uh, we'll do the 90s today. Yeah. um, And then the 2000s.
2: Yeah, how do you term that? What's the... The noughties. I don't like that, you see. That's already a non-starter. I think um, think this will be a one-parter, and we'll just do the 90s because a nice term for the 2000s
3: doesn't doesn't exist exist. (laughs) we should come we should make
2: one come up with one okay um maybe not now because i've been thinking about it for 16 years okay
3: (laughs) we should do a quick background i think for those that aren't familiar
2: all right so in i'm doing playing music from the 90s because that's when i established got became established as a photographer uh in 1990 sounds saw my work and liked it and started giving me regular work and the first the first job they gave me was screaming trees live at the fulham greyhound in february 1990 and it blew my mind actually
3: so for those who don't remember or know or care sounds was a music magazine in, in the vein of the enemy or melody maker of that of that period
2: there were three weekly music papers in fact i think there was i think record mirror may have been a weekly music paper at one point as well but when i started there was three sounds melody maker and enemy and i started working for sounds weekly music music paper and then i worked for melody maker and then i worked for enemy then i worked for melody maker then i worked for enemy then i left enemy and started careless talk Us lives magazine but that's a story for the 2000s
3: that's part two isn't it yeah so this show this this um screaming trees show yeah were you a fan before that show were you were you into that kind of
2: no funny story john
3: okay here we go first yeah. one yeah
2: um i didn't know screaming trees were so, I went to a, a record shop. I lived in Twickenham at the time. There was a shop called Harry's. I went to Harry's, found a Screaming Trees record, took it home, played it, uh, and hated it. Basically, the Screaming Trees record I bought was by a Sheffield electro band <laughs> 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 of the same name. Um, so, I went to Fallen Ground expecting to see some NAF techno thing and was totally blown away by the Screaming Trees. I, I you know. Yeah, that's yeah, that's so that w- good. yeah. I mean, I knew at that point I knew Mud Honey and liked Mud Honey. but my sort of sub pop reference didn't extend much beyond that.
3: So it, it really was—it was the start of a
2: huge chapter in your life. Then that sh- that show, yeah, every every aspect of my life changed from that point. Really, actually, yeah. So 1990, I did Screaming Trees and. That was the first time I saw Nirvana, um, and I worked a lot with Nirvana for Melody Maker magazine between 91 and 93, and then I got into the whole grunge thing. I hate that word, grunge, actually, John.
3: I don't think is there I an,
2: is, can, I mean, we're, we're struggling with the noughties thing. Can we you come up with a recoin- different term for grunge? Um, I mean, what is grunge? Okay, here's a question for you, John. Uh, how can Pearl Jam and Nirvana both be grunge bands when, when they're musically a million miles away from each other? In my opinion, I like both bands, but they don't sound anything like each other.
3: I always thought grunge was more of a—it it wasn't a reflection of the actual music. It was more ah. of the of a cultural thing almost.
2: So what? Okay, so what? What would what would grunge people? What would they do? what 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 grungers yeah what i mean what what are they do, i mean do they is it a is it a fashion thing yeah well, is I, it is it like a, a certain type of accommodation you live in it was what, to me it's all it was it's like
3: punk it's when someone says punk i don't okay. think it's of fun. a musical style i think of like yeah safety pins or do you yeah
2: yeah you see it's funny because i think of bands like nirvana and mudhoney as punk bands yeah so as opposed to grunge, which I don't think should ever ex- existed as a term, but then the, the, me, the media terms, needed a term. Yeah.
3: Why didn't? How come the media haven't had a, got a term for, uh, for what? the two thousands?
2: Well, I think they haven't. The noughties. Is that? Yeah, it's as bad as grunge.
3: It's probably worse in a way because that reminds me of like Loaded magazine and oh god and all of that.
2: Yeah. So we we've got a problem here. Anyway. So, he- heavy, heavy rock heavy rock no. that's really that's worse that's worse that's worse anyway so that kind of music when Kirk Bain died the Melody Maker stopped covering that kind of music but out of out of the other side of that type of music there was a bit of a mo- reaction against that type of music but kind of came from the same root and I don't know what this type of music's called, but a good example of it is Riding by the Palace Brothers. Fucking prose. <laughs> <laughs> that was palace brothers um with riding from their first album which it's got such a long title i can never remember it it's called there is no one what will take care of you i believe it's that's exactly what it's called is it excellent
3: 1993
2: yeah so i so so that came out so that came out of the height during the height of grunge for want of a better word um and it and it seemed totally off off trend. I hate that word as well. Um, and Melody Maker got me to photograph them in '93, and I remember when it, when it was. It was it was really early in June, or maybe even late May in '93, because my first son had just been born. And um, I went to some hotel. Um, I went. I went to some hotel. Opposite Hyde Park, uh, to meet Will Oldham and Britt Walford, um, and basically we met and started chatting. And when it came to taking the pictures, Will said, "You can take one photograph." So I said, "Look, I, I've you know I've just had a baby. I I didn't really want to come out to be honest. Um, I'm not going to take one picture."
3: Why did he? Why did he? Just to say that that you could take one was he just being kind of difficult will, and will
2: will's always uh been uh challenging uh at, in terms of doing press. he really hates doing press and he really hates being photographed and um yeah he that's 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 why he decided he, but I, I said, look I've got thirty six frames in the camera. How about if I just put the camera on the table? And don't look through it, or don't move it, apart from focusing, and just keep my button on the shutter because I had a motor wine And then that'll be it. And that, he liked that, so we did that. And and we we actually became great friends.
3: Well, you did the the album cover for Master and Everyone, yeah, which is just a straight up portrait of his face. So that was
2: that was also taken in the hotel opposite Hyde Park, yeah. So he must have. Being into you. And Will, uh, eventually. Yeah, we, No, I mean, straight, straight off, I think he just liked my attitude. Um, and, you know, kind of working with him his parameters, but not, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Which you must have had to
3: do a lot of that.
2: Yeah, I mean, most of the people I work with on a regular basis hate being photographed. So I I, I think I must, I must make it relatively easy. For them, I mean, I, I, you know, I hate being photographed. I don't know, you know, it's just, it's kind of nonsense, necessary thing. Um, so I, I just try and have fun with it, you know.
3: Your your work is always incredibly artistic, though. I
2: I think that's nice to be to
3: say. And um, it. it's almost it's next level photography. I, I, okay. You know, you you add you add your own
2: kind of. Thing. Yeah, because what's the point? It. What's the point of not doing that?
3: Yeah, I think a lot of people don't do that though, which makes for a mediocre I mean, kind of.
2: I I, I, I I make. I've always made things kind of difficult for myself. Um, I've I've never really, you know, when when people have told me what is and what isn't possible, I I, wanna, I want it proved. So I'll, I'll, you know, I'll go to extreme lengths to achieve the right thing um you know i've always printed my own pictures color and 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 from 1997 my own black and white uh, my own color pictures as well as black and white um and i i never felt that i i always thought in order for me to call the picture mine i had to take it process the film print the picture you know everything no i don't i think you know that that takes a certain type of anally retentive person to to do that and i and I think you know the the fact that i I do everything myself m- makes the pictures look the way they do because I also don't necessarily adhere to uh correct procedures you know yeah so there are no rules and you know i can you know nothing would stop i'd, I'd try and take a picture anywhere under any lighting conditions, you know. Nothing's impossible. I know that.
3: So you, do you, did you kind of find your style by just making mistakes um, in your darkroom?
2: More, more or less, yeah. I mean, I, there, there was some... I had some benchmarks. Like, I really liked the photography of Don McCullen and...
3: So the, the war war, war
2: photography, yeah. And, and Bill Brandt, who was a sort of social... Photographer, but but their their work their work was very stark and black and white. Mm. I suppose I suppose Anton Corbin took a lot of their influence, and and I mean seeing Anton for me seeing Anton Corbin's pictures on records. I mean I always thought the pictures he took for you too, and that I thought thought they looked the pictures were great. Um, and I and I thought well I you know. It's possible to be a music photographer, you know. So that's what I decided I'd try and do. And I got some lucky breaks and did it. But yeah, I'm I'm incredibly tenacious. Um, As is our next victim. And our next victim is Liam Hayes. Liam Hayes... Has been making music for a very long time. I first became aware of him in uh, 1994 when he released Three Quarters Blind Eyes as plush.
3: So that was plush three quarter blind eyes.
2: Yeah, so Liam Hayes from Chicago. Um Yeah, we, we put him on the front of Loose Lips Sink Ships about ten years after that record that song came that, that those that record came out. He did um he did a couple of seven inches which were f- full band beautiful ramshackle recordings and, and then he did a did a full length record with Domino um which was pretty much just him and the piano. You know, it was be- beautiful stuff. But um
3: I think that so that came out a couple of years after that single, I think. Yeah. So that's from ninety four. Yeah. So yeah I remember there
2: being a, a gap, a long ish gap. Yeah, there was a single between times called No Education, which is also amazing. Um you know, I mean, Liam. You know, he's he's still he's still at it. Yeah, there was um, an album
3: a couple of years ago.
2: Yeah, and there was there was a record came out in Japan only, I think, called Fed, and then and then Drag City put out Underfed, which was a kind of lo-fi version of it because I think I think he's I think people were so impressed by his first couple of singles um that put him under a lot of pressure and i I don't i, I don't think he i, I think he's he, he's got he's got an, an incredible production aesthetic but he doesn't necessarily have the means to deliver i mean not 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 in terms of talent but financially yeah you know i mean what what he probably really would like to make a record at abbey road with george martin is
3: george martin there? He is dead now. Yeah, L- he died last That's year. That's never going to
2: happen, is it? No, that won't happen. Oh. Anyway, let's go back to Chicago with girls against boys Ooh. in like Flint. <laughs> Girls Against Boys in Light like Flynn um, so around I don't know towards the end of 1993 I mean we, we used to, I used to go to America all the time for Melody Maker and um, we used to do these little week long trips where we go and do a load of different people and one one of the trips uh, included doing Helmet and Girls Against Boys and Tar I think in New York um, and then and that's the first time I saw Girls Against Boys and they were amazing as you could tell from that track um, and, th- and then uh, dur- during one of those trips we also went to Chicago which is where I first met Mule um, who we recording with Steve Albini and this track called Ass is from the record they were making when we first met
4: a little more oh good god almighty wow bed tomorrow. I need some water.
3: that was it was that an Albini recording
2: yeah although i think it was kind of veiled I, 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 I don't know what the score was i think it may have been i don't know that it was just, i think it, was just, it it wasn't it wasn't uh billed as an Albini production that's it, it, so it's was. It was
3: from the wrong yeah. ep 94 yeah um so we are we we're in fully in the 93s 94s at the moment, yeah,
2: we're a bit we're a bit lodged there at the moment, aren't we? Yeah, Jack? but we could bring it uh, up to the uh, decade with no name. Because um, do, you, do you remember when we used to run them clubs down the Buffalo Bar and P.W. Yeah. Long, the singer at a mule, came and played for us? I do remember. I think he did. He play more than once. or uh, I think he may have played more than once.
3: Yeah, I feel like he did.
2: I think once he did. Ah, that's right because the first one was acoustic. I think that's because... The one with the power cut? There was a power cut. Right. And the second was electric, him on his own. Did, did, did he... Have, no, was it him on his own?
3: I think there might have been a drama. Was it just him and a drama?
2: Maybe it was just him on his own. It may have been, I can't remember. But he did, wouldn't... The You couldn't have heard the drummer anyway because he's playing through two twin reverb amps on full volume.
3: And I remember him smoking Marble Reds and right. r- ripping the filters off. Been drinking whiskey and uh Uh. i just was a bit like this guy (laughs) but that that song there's a song from his album called remembered from 2003 um she's gone yeah can you remember that song yeah i I love that song so much it's amazing yeah she ain't leaving, she's gone, is a is lyric, and it's yeah. that kind of always stuck with me.
2: I remember, I remember him once telling me he, he only ever wrote from experience. <laughs> there you go, then. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and this next band are Urge Overkill, a Chicago band. Mueller, a Detroit band, but they're on a Chicago label.
3: So uh, the, what? that label being? Well, Strict,
2: but that was part of Touch and Go. Um, so and and I know Preston's into Urge and I love Urge and the f- I first I first saw Urge in 1990 when I saw him at the Underworld when I was taking pictures for Sounds and then met them in 92 uh, in Chicago I can't remember what record is coming out but the song I want to play you is a Hot Chocolate cover uh, I love Hot Chocolate as everybody should Um, it's called Emmeline
5: was a star in everyone's eye And when she said she'd be a movie queen, nobody left A face like an angel she could be anything Emmeline.
2: chocolate cover how about that you do you like that uh on, you, honestly well, well there's no point asking if you're not going to be not honest. especially no oh that's a shame
3: job. but like we were talking about while playing I, I did love their logo urge overkill
2: how do you feel about hot chocolate uh I, i'm not well therein lies a the problem you see
3: yeah they were well, it's not a problem as such is it
2: I don't know. I mean, it, it depends how much you value our friendship.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I thought you might play a Queen song at some point. Queen? Yeah. I didn't photograph Queen. Oh,
3: uh, yeah, of course. That's, that falls the hole. Yeah.
2: And uh, and when did Freddie Mercury die? Was it 1991? Something there or thereabouts. I, I could, could have slipped in, couldn't I? I would have I let you... <laughs>
3: I would have let you slip it in uh, <laughs> just because I know you're such a huge fan. And Dave Grohl is a huge Queen fan as
2: well, isn't he? I'm sure you've had that conversation Less, less so than Taylor Hawkins oh, and Oh, no, Pat, Pat Smear is a really yeah, they're the Yeah, they're the Queen nerds. I think Dave just goes along for the ride. Right. Okay, so... Although we did have a Queen party on the Nirvana bus once.
3: In in Nutrio tour, it,
2: yeah, yeah, because Kurt had a Queen video,
3: What, um, like a live
2: video. No, I, th- I think was it, I don't know. I think I think it was like Greatest Flicks or something like all their videos. And uh, we had a I, I won a bowling ball and a piece of TV screen for the best it, Freddie Mercury impression. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Um, Which I actually left on the bus because. Uh, I didn't I thought it might be a bit cumbersome in my carrying, own carrying a yeah. bowling ball around. I, tra- I used to try and travel light. <laughs>
3: you could have taken the T V screen, maybe.
2: Dunno. I'd have got away with it then, but now it'd be considered a dangerous weapon. <laughs> okay, talking of dangerous dangerous weapons. Dangerous weapons. You want to talk about smog? Yes. Smog smog is the scourge of the twentieth century. Which remember is still where we are we're doing the 1990s this,
3: so oh you've changed the track, I thought you were going to play say Valley Maker.
2: no, I'm playing Smog from 1995 uh, Wild Love okay here we go takes us neatly into Metal Heart by Cat Power. make you cry
3: it will won't it jesus that's so amazing it really is um so you were saying that you
2: the link between smog and Cap power well they were a couple for a while they were um i think i think i may have seen them on stage together a sebedo gig in hamburg smogs i think it would have been 1994 maybe 95 could have been 96 it's it's getting a bit blurred now but um yeah i'm smog supported Sebado, who are an amazing band and should have a track in here but i don't have enough tracks um but yeah smog supported and and i'm fairly sure sean marshall was playing on stage as well um in fact i may have a photograph on stage. yeah in fact yeah i should try and remember to dig that out Will you remind me
3: i will remind you thanks and um if you've
2: you photographed photog- photographed i don't
3: know what's wrong with me today don't worry about it shan yeah a few times right quite a lot yeah yeah
2: yeah um and bill Never together though, except except this one, one miss, time in Hamburg. Photo, maybe,
3: which we're going <laughs> to dig out. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so where do you where do you want to take us?
2: Don't know. I've lost, forgotten. Ah, uh, yeah. Let's 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 take it back to nineteen ninety one uh, and play Mercury Rev, a, a band that have played a key role in my life. Um, yeah I, I, I built up a good friendship with Mercury Rev and one of the greatest joys of my career was when they came back with Deserter songs because I think a lot of people had written them off and then they just came on back
3: they, and that album's insanely good it's unbelievably
2: it? good yeah But I want to play a song from their first album called Coney Island Cyclone.
3: Discussing the kind of similarities between Flaming Lips and Mercury Rev. Yeah, and you told me quite a good story.
2: Well, John, Jonathan and Dave Fridman were in Flaming Lips. I mean, my favourite Flaming Lips record is "In a Priest-Driven Ambulance," which sounds like Mercury Rev, kind of.
3: It's at that era they both sound quite similar, and then in the late in the late nineties, their albums yeah. kind of both kind of went a bit more mainstream as well.
2: Yeah, I, I saw. I saw Jonathan Donahue and Dave Fridman playing in the Flaming Lips at the Hibernian Club in 1990, supporting Mudhoney. And then, I mean, when when they both when they both kind of broke through with art grunge in the late 90s. Ooh, <laughs> art grunge. Art grunge. Um, I think I think Mercury put out Deserter songs, and then Flaming Lips put out a record which
3: was it clouds taste metallic possibly
2: I, I can't remember but but they 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 became a big band it was Flaming Lips used to be a guitar rock band and in my opinion they weren't a great live guitar rock band and I think maybe they came to that conclusion and got more experimental with the live delivery and when they did that that's when they started to become really popular Um, but I photographed, well, I photographed Mercury Rev for the front of the enemy around the time of dessert songs, um, and then I photographed Flaming Lips shortly afterwards uh, in a studio in London, and Wayne Coyne pulled out a picture of Mercury Rev that I'd taken, a panoramic one in front of some mountains in Wales, and said, just don't make us look like that. Oh dear! Did you? No, they couldn't look as good as that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, so let's go somewhere.
2: Okay, so we're we're in we're in art grunge land now, right? So we just we just played uh, Mercury Rev, uh, and now we're gonna play Pavement, um, who are a kind of art grunge. This came out in 1992. It's called Summer Babe from the Slanted and Enchanted album. amazing that's it? it sounds like he's playing paint tubs.
3: Yeah drums Gary Young. very
2: very um they're a unique experience time. that band that I mean I, I the first time I saw him play was um in Sacramento uh with Sebado and Buffalo Tom and <laughs> they 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 left the gig in the back of a pickup <laughs> it's like, you know it, it
3: was just brilliant just think, all their gear in the in the back and them as well. I don't
2: know. I just I just remember them ha- I, I can't I don't know about the gear they probably left you them in the club like, I think they're from Sacramento Is that weird <laughs> there goes that weird band I know they, they were fantastic I think, I'm pretty sure I'd heard them before I saw them uh, I heard them on the radio I mean, I, I'd i read about them or heard stuff about them and then heard them on the radio and concluded it was Pavement and they they oh man they they, they were such a great band um, have they have they reformed Loads of people reformed these, these. No, days, they
3: don't did they? those reissues of the, of the albums recently, and then there's. I, th- I think they probably will. You think? Yeah, I think so, yeah.
2: Well, I hope so. Might be good. But can, can, we, can we go to a band that have never split up and will never need to reform? And if there were a king of grunge, if such a thing as grunge existed, This band are the template.
3: Every good boy deserves fudge, which was ninety-one.
2: Yeah, um,
3: on the grunge label, sub pop.
2: Yeah, I mean Mud Mud Honey were, were at, I think, at that point, my favourite band. I think uh,
3: you did some. I remember one photo in particular. I'm pretty sure you took it. Would be embarrassing if you didn't. Take go on, it. try it. Was it them on top of your old larder yes. or something? Yes. Okay. Yeah.
2: Was it a larder? It was a larder. Yeah. I can't believe I, can't yeah. believe I remember that. But yeah, well done. Um, uh, so that would have been... That was 91. In... Outside your house? In Ladbroke Grove. In Ladbroke Grove. Near, near the office of their press agent, Anton Brooks.
3: And near the Rough Trade in West yeah, London. Near the Rough
2: Trade, yeah. I mean, did loads of photo sessions around there, because Anton's office... I mean, An- Anton did Press for Nirvana and Mudhoney and Hole and, and, and Oxbow and... Oh, you know, all you know, loads of really great bands. Um, I actually met the first time I met Courtney Love was in his office on the day I took the picture of Mudhoney on my car. Um, she walked in the room and saw me and shouted, "Hey, you look like my ex boyfriend, but less handsome." <laughs> <laughs> world by hole um i love that song so much it's got such a beautiful melody
3: that whole album is full of those kind of melodies as well i, I was
2: it's an, it's an incredible record um i was in uh detroit the day that record came out i think it was the day that record came out or certainly the week that record
3: came when's out. that from 19...
2: 94 Four. april 94 um i was It came out
3: just after
2: it came it, it's As far as i remember i I remember it coming out kirk killing himself the day it came out you know certainly certainly around there i mean
3: yeah i think it was the week
2: after release a record called live through this and then your husband commits suicide yeah Without doubt my favourite Nirvana song. Yeah. It's just absolute primal beauty.
3: Yeah, and then it's called Moist Vagina as well. Which is by the by. It's irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> How it's, could you call a song that? And it you wouldn't you don't even think about the title. Well,
2: I I don't I don't I don't think Kurt was uh, trying to write a hit. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Um a good friend of Kurt Baines is Mark Lanigan and uh, I mean he's made a lot of music over the years all of which I I love he's got one of the best voices in history and uh, this this is him covering an Eddie Floyd song called Consider Me So, yeah, Mark, Mark Lanigan was a singer in the Screaming Trees. Uh, as I said earlier, they were the first band I photographed for Sounds. And uh, the, last, the last band I photographed for Sounds were the Jesus Lizard. Uh, and they did a gig at the Underworld in 1990. God, early 1991 when Goat came out. And, uh, yeah, those pictures never got printed because Sounds was closed down that week uh then comes Dudley <laughs> Probably the best live band of the 1990s. Certainly, I, I never—they never failed to amaze me when I when I saw them play. In fact, um, at Reading Festival in 1992, which was the on the Friday, I think I think it was a Friday. Kirk Cobain curated the bill. Um, I got I, I got chucked out of the photo pit because um, when when David went into the crowd, I tried to go go with him. Like from the pit taking pictures, mm-hmm. but they security m- grabbed hold of me and chopped me out.
3: <laughs> Can't be the first time that
2: that's happened. Um, I think it's the first time I've been chopped out of a pit. I've been injured taking pictures and quite dangerous. I mean, during those, you know, with all those stage divers and stuff, it could be quite dangerous. All those DMs dangerous. flying around. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, that so that that was the last thing i ever did for sounds and um the the first thing i did for melody maker which was must have been the same week um was was and drunk um, i think and drunk probably the only british band on this in this playlist and you know that's that's principally because of limitations in the amount of tunes we can actually play but um gallan drunk um was so exciting. I mean, you know, ni- 1991. They, t- t- to me, they were very. I don't know. It was sort of rock and roll version of Mud Honey.
3: close now aren't
2: we yeah it's a drag isn't it it is but we're, we should do another part what part two part two have we worked out a term for the the read up two thousands yeah
3: no that could be your homework my homework yeah
2: huh. yeah but uh, i've been trying for 16 years and i've come up with nothing
3: we've got a purpose a, a real purpose to come to you know to what, is, find that, is that
2: my new goal in life well yeah
3: i think it should be f- until until we uh, so time next week
2: yeah <laughs> Can you do that? You got any yeah, I'll, jobs I'll get, on? I'll get some people on it.
3: Um, so, let's. what's, what's your your, fav, your fondest memory of your career? Um, so far, obviously, cause you're still alive and kicking.
2: Oh, there's loads. I mean, I used to have some really nice nights out with David Yao, Um Drinking. Before he stopped... I I, I, I I think he uh, I don't think he I don't think he ever stopped permanently. I'm, not, I'm I haven't spoken to him for a while, but I, I think he partakes in your glass of red wine now.
3: He definitely was not drinking that that time we went for a drink with him because he drank Calibre.
2: Well, that's right, yeah. Um, no, he, he you know he he tried I think under duress to stop drinking, um, and you know that that Calibre period um when he was playing with the melvins um he was you know he's 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 good fun he's great fun whether he's had a drink or not i just i just think he needs a drink to suffer everyone else has to talk to <laughs> he's 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 acting <laughs> that's now why well. he was happy to hang out with me he was always drunk <laughs> he's
3: acting as well now well, he has been for a while yeah he's he? been doing that a while yeah uh have you seen that he's in a film with Gibby. Oh in the butthole surface. Yeah, I saw a in the trailer,
2: yeah. Looks
3: interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and what's your kind of, your, the opposite, your kind of lowest ebb?
2: Oh, Jesus, John. I mean, obviously when um, Kurt died, you know, I mean, I, I thought, well, it's just the most, one of the most depressing things that ever happened. And I mean, you know, that was, that was f- pretty closely followed by and equally as devastating when uh, Kristen from Hole died, you know, fairly soon after each other and um, intrinsically linked. Um, yeah, they're, they're my lowest points without question. It's easier to identify them than the, the best moments because there are numerous best moments.
3: OK. What's, what are you going to leave us with? Until this time next week. Until this
2: time next week, I'm going to leave you with uh, Stagger Lee by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds from the album Murder Ballads. <laughs>
6: You are a rat, drawn shoes and an old Stetson hat had a 20-40, had payments on that. She steps across the bar, hitching up her skirt over to Staggly. She's starting to flirt. Oh, Staggly. She saw the ball, keeps it. Oh, god, he can't be dead. Stag said, Well, just count the holes in the motherfucker's head. You ain't look like you're scouting quite a time When I come to my bed It won't cost you a dime Mr. Staggerly But there's something that I have to say before you begin You have to be gone before my man Billy Dilly comes in Mr. Staggerly Billy Dilly comes until time comes to pass And furthermore, fuck Billy Dilly and his motherfucking ass Said Stagger Lee. I'm a bad motherfucker, don't you know And I'll crawl over fifty good pushes Just to get to one fat boy's asshole Said Stagger Lee. Just then Billy Dilly rules in. he says you must be A man motherfucker called Stagger Lee yeah, I'm staggerly, and you better get down on your knees and suck my dick because if you don't, you're gonna be dead. He said staggerly. Oh well, Billy Billy dropped down and swabbed on his head, and stick filled him full of lead.
1: Trade Radio.